Our next guest was the man who led Florida State basketball to an ACC championship for the first time in history. He's been the two-time ACC Coach of the Year during his time with the Seminoles. He was a two-time Big East Coach of the Year before that when he was with the Miami Hurricanes. Leonard Hamilton's squad beat Roy Williams in Carolina last night in Tallahassee, and he joins us now. Coach Hamilton, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing this fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's great to have a Gastonia, North Carolina guy back on our program here as we come at you across the state of North Carolina. How did you beat the Tar Heels, and what did it mean to your program to get that done where you didn't even have the usual FSU student crowd uh, supporting you in Tallahassee last night? Because I guess most of those folks are still on break, right? Yeah, we're still out of school. We don't start start back school until uh, this week, but... The way the ACC is going now, <laughs> you have to be prepared regardless of who you're playing, whether it's Carolina or whether whoever it is. And we're trying to develop a, <clears throat> a mental culture here that it doesn't really matter if it's an ACC game. you got to be at your very, very best. Uh, North Carolina is a third winners program in history of college basketball. They deserve the recognition that they get. They're outstanding. Roy does a great job, and they're always loaded with talent. And this year is no... No, no different, and we had to be at our very best. And the first half we played well. The second half, like uh, you expect, they came back like a championship caliber team that they are. And we was very fortunate that during a critical part of the game, I thought our guys stepped up a little bit, got some stops, got some big rebounds, and. Just hung on for dear life there toward the end of the game. Leonard Hamilton of FSU is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Coach, on the TV broadcast, there was some talk about the fantastic locker room and team chemistry that your Seminoles have this year. And folks are wondering, is that easier to pull off when you don't have a lottery pick? Because we've seen you send Jonathan Isaac into the first round last year. Dwayne Bacon's here with the Charlotte Hornets in North Carolina. He was your second rounder. You had other guys that you sent elsewhere into professional basketball. And before that, it was guys like Malik Beasley. And before that, it was guys like Aaron Thomas and others. We don't see as many signature NBA lottery pick type names is it less complicated to build chemistry when it's, uh, I guess, more about the team? Well, to be very honest with you, I thought I think we've had great chemistry. We had outstanding chemistry last year. Uh, we just ran into some teams that played a little better than us. You know, we, you know, there's no question about that. Uh, we we lost three ACC games, the teams that didn't go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's all really basically on. But but I think what has happened is, for whatever reason, if you look across the country. And, and you watch it, all the different teams from all the different conferences play, I say, where did this guy come from? Yeah. Where did this guy come from? And then when you go to the NCAA tournament and you play against, uh, not necessarily the NCAA tournament, you're playing your, your, your uh, preseason games where before you play conference or you in the NCAA, you say, gosh, every team has somebody on their team that can step in and start for you on your team. So my point to you is that good basketball players are all over. And you have to evaluate, and I think we've got caught up in a situation where for kids not getting recognized as a uh, lottery pick out of high school or a one-and-done kid or, or a McDonald's All-American, you, you feel like they can't play, and that's, that's a misnomer because there are a lot of kids all over the country that are good basketball players that need to be in certain situations to grow and develop. And I think what we've done at Florida State, we just try to evaluate, try to get kids who recruit kids who are interested in being a part of who we are and and uh, I, I don't want to say maybe we don't have guys who are pre preseason picks or 
a McDonald's All-American, but I like our team. I think we got some pretty good players, but I'm not real sure everybody recognizes as such because you categorize teams and give them preseason recognition in relation to how many, quote, uh, newspaper All-Americans that are on the team. Leonard Hamilton joining us on the David Glenn Show. He is in year number 16 as the head coach of the Seminoles. Last year, FSU finished second in the ACC standings in the regular season, and they, of course, made the NCAA tournament once again under Coach Ham. There was a weird moment in the game last night, Coach. This might have been off your radar because you had other things to do, but it's become kind of a viral video. Joel Berry of the Tar Heels wanted to whisper into the referee's ear after a play and Teddy Valentine turned his back to Joel Berry and just looked at the fans, and it has become a topic of conversation in college basketball. Have you seen that video? And if so, what were your thoughts? If you haven't seen it, what can you share about what do you say to your own players about the do's and don'ts of how to interact with the guys whistling the game? Well, in the first place, I, I saw play about five minutes ago just because uh, my video, I was watching DVD, and it cut off earlier when I watched the game. And it happened, I think, around seven minutes, around a seven-minute, 30-second deal. This was my take on it. You never really know what goes on during the course of a game in communication with referees. We tell our players, don't say anything. Yeah. We tell our guys, let me do the talking to the referee to avoid certain things because sometimes – you can say things that maybe and kids will be kids, you know. Yep. So, but what it looked like to me was that as as and I don't know what it looks like to me from and I watched it for once, so I didn't. I think I may have played it back. See, that was unusual circumstances. What, whatever had happened, as I saw Joe Barry approaching the referee, I don't know what word was being exchanged. I thought the referee was trying to avoid a confrontation. That's what it appeared to me. Now, I don't know that to be a fact. You have to ask the referee. I don't really remember who exactly who it was. Looks like to me something was going on there, and it, 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 it was like he was trying to avoid the level of communication one way or the other. I don't know if that's a fact or not. Yeah, so, it, it was uh, It was TV Teddy. It was Teddy Valentine, the guy who turned his back on Joel Berry. I guess one thing that I've noticed, Coach, and I've been covering the ACC for 30 years – if a referee spends too much time listening to a player, the fans are going to start screaming at that referee. Like, why are you listening to the Tar Heel player and you're not listening to the Seminoles player? So it's almost another one of those situations where, you know, the referees sometimes can't win no matter what they do. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I try not to get in verbal conversations with a referee. I think it's a very difficult game to officiate. If I think they miss a call, if they come by, I say, I think you missed it. Yeah. Now, I, I move on to the next play. What I've learned is that whatever the call is made, they're not going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it doesn't make sense for me to be having some personal conversation about it other than voicing my opinion and moving on. Um, I, I got a technical in the, in, in the Duke game, which I've very seldom ever get a, a technical. Yeah. I had some concerns. Uh, but, but I moved past it. I don't try to get caught up in it, and I really don't know what happened in that incident. But it looked like to me clearly that was an effort by the referee not to want to have a conversation. Why? Uh, I assumed 
that he just was trying to avoid yeah. whatever the confrontation was. And I don't know that to be a fact. I happen to know a lot of the officials in the ACC personally, Coach, and, and they overwhelmingly describe you as a very reasonable guy. So even if you get a tech once in a while, uh, they say that you're very reasonable with how you approach them. Hey, as we thank you for your time and let you go, one of the really cool stories on your roster this year, and I remember when we interviewed you at ACC Media Day, you told us in your late 60s, you know, yeah, you can retire if you want, but you're energized by these young men and their stories and your role in their lives, et cetera. Brian Angola seems to be one of those special stories. And we hear about his family traveling from the nation of Columbia, getting to see him play, I think, for the first time in a long time uh, earlier this year. And I, I guess the family's now deciding, you know, we only have enough money to come one more time. Can you tell us more about that story? It feels like a human interest story where they want to be there as much as possible, but it's not an easy flight from the nation of Columbia, whether they want to see Brian on senior day or at the ACC tournament or something else. What can you tell us about well, that story my, for your senior day? My understanding that the relatives over the holidays in New York, and I think they drove down from New York because they were visiting the relatives and, and to, to see him play in Duke. It kind of surprised them. As I understand, cool. he didn't expect he didn't expect his sisters to be there. I think his mother, he knew his mother was coming. And I think that they were visiting family and friends uh, in New York, and uh, it, it really um, meant a lot to him. His name is Leonard Hamilton. Follow him on Twitter at FSU Coach Ham. Congratulations on the big win over the Tar Heels, Coach. Thank you as always for the time on the David Glenn Show. Thank you. You got it.